1: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard live from Hamden in Scotland. Welcome, Belgium, the world's number one side. Qualification from the group already looks beyond Stevie Clark's side. After Friday's defeat to Russia, can they salvage some sort of pride tonight? Two proud individuals alongside me, Gordon Duncan, is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. A reality check or redemption
2: after Russia? It's one or the other for Scotland tonight. Steve Clark says honesty is great. Gordon. So here's the truth as I see it. We've got a good goalkeeper. We've got one outstanding talent in the back four. We've got some nice players in midfield and we have absolutely no strikers. We are limited for choice and that is why we are making limited
3: progress at international level. There's no shame in it. This is simply where we are at this point. Yeah, a real dose of uh, reality kicked in uh, against the Russians, Gordon. I thought they were better across the board. uh, you know, And the reality is now that this campaign is effectively finished. Uh, We're up against one of the best teams in the world. They come with a host of superstars tonight. And where they go, I would expect a few changes tonight gone. I'm sure we'll be
1: discussing that over the next couple of hours. I mean, Hugh Keevans, a game against Belgium is daunting at any time. You just have to look at our recent head-to-head record against them. But to come so soon on the back of all the disappointment from Friday, all the doom and gloom, all the soul-searching about where we are and where our qualification hopes lie... The challenge tonight looks absolutely massive. Yeah, and that's why it would be typically Scottish of us to go out there and get a result.
2: But I think you have to be logical, rational, and understand that in De Bruyne, Lukaku, uh, they have players of exceptional quality. They're not number one in the world rankings for nothing. Lukaku worries me. He's two goals off, 50 for Belgium, Does he fancy himself to go to 50 here in our city. Uh, they're an outstanding side, and we would have to be
1: exceptional to get anything. 0141 951 1025 that's the number you need to get in touch tonight. Like it or lump it, we are playing against Belgium tonight, quarter to eight, so you've got until then to hatch a master plan for us. Who should we play, how should we go about it? To try and pull off the unthinkable, you tell us 01419511025, and if you would rather tweet, then you can find us at Clyde SSB. The first task, Alex Ray, is going to be somehow to address the wrongs from Friday, of which there were many. What were the main ones? Well, for me, when they
3: got uh, a goal in front, Gordon, they literally decided to camp on their 18-yard box inviting uh, the Russians to get ahead of steam, and you just can't do that if, if we're going to try and get anything, and I don't mean being gung-ho we need to try and press them in the right areas and further up the pitch, so they may well try and maybe put a line, maybe about 30 at 5 40 yards as your defensive line and then press from there, Gordon, because if you end up going to the 18-yard box, everything that's popped in around your box, invariably with the quality that we're talking about, I expect Lukaku to come back into the fold tonight, you'll get Yanisai, De Bruyne, Telemans, uh, Munir, you know, the, the list is endless and this team will really hurt you it's a containment job tonight because believe me, against this type of quality and as we keep talking about level shoot this yeah. is a different ball game altogether
2: Yeah, I mean we've, we've scraped by against San Marino and Cyprus and we've been taken to task by Kazakhstan which for me was inexcusable uh, beaten well by Belgium which is understandable and well beaten again by Russia which on the night might have been hard to take, but you have to appreciate the Russians. Never mind their failings, the Russians
1: were a first-class team. Yeah, that's the thing, Alex. Ray, of course, we focus on Scotland's part in it and what we can do better because what other teams do doesn't really help us. However, we are back in the exact same seats we were at Hamden on Friday. We are high above the halfway line. You get a fantastic view of what's going on. And yes, while Scotland did lots of things wrong, Russia were very, very impressive. We sat all night and we watched the game together and we just kept commenting on how aggressively they pressed and when they were on the ball, they rarely made any mistakes. They had some outstanding individuals and for whatever reason, Scotland could not live with it. Yeah, absolutely, and I thought the front
3: three. I thought Zuber, you know, he was like man-mountain Gordon. He was the linchpin. This is exactly what Scotland are lacking. They need someone to bring other players into play. Golovin was one of the best players in the park, if not the best. I thought his technical ability, his movement, everything about what he did. And uh, Zirkov, at his age, just showed ooze class. But, again, you're going to see another level of quality tonight. Uh, How Scotland go about, kind of... And I try to
1: nullify that, then we'll be interested to see. I expect a few more midfielders because you need to freshen this up here. Right, here's the task for you listening at home. What would you do if you were the manager? Who would you pick and how would you line them up to try and somehow contain the world's best international side? You know the starting 11 from Friday, so who would you bring in? Who would you move out? What would you ask of the team to do differently? You tell us right now on the phones 01419511025 or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Alex Ray, if you were to suggest any changes in personnel or, or float a few ideas who might be in contention? Well, if you look at the reports today,
3: Gordon you look at uh, Kenny McLean may well come into the full he came in latterly and managed to keep the ball a bit better than the guys who were actually in there he may well come in from McGinn Christie may well come in, he actually did decent impact you know, he was buzzing about, picked up good balls within that tenny area and uh, I would expect Ollie McBurney who came in for an absolute barrage of criticism, Gordon and for me, it was a wee bit over the top in terms of what I've seen for the other players, outfield players. Uh, I thought he get battered purely because of his price tag. Uh, there was players that have been playing at a higher level than that boy for a long time and did not perform on the night. I think we get our heads turned, Gordon, by the volume of criticism, not the quality. Because the quality of criticism
2: tends to be low. It's the volume. People gang up yeah. on a player like McBurney. because he had his daft moment before the game uh, where he made some sarcastic remark about being with the Scotland squad. He started off on the back foot, but he gave an honest performance, he didn't get the quality of service he was up against exceptional opponents, so the
1: night was not lost because of of Ollie McBurney. 01419511025 01419511025 Who would you play tonight? You've heard some suggestions from Alex Ray and Hugh Evans, Who would be in your team? Let's kick off by hearing from the man who's going to have to make those decisions That's the Scotland manager, Stevie
4: Clark You have to be defensively organised, you have to be disciplined But you also have to have a threat There's no point in thinking that we can camp in for, for 95, 97 minutes Whatever the time is at the same time as being defensively organised and defensively strong, we need to have a threat going forward. So hopefully we can, we can get enough and we can get a good balance between the two. Yeah, I'm sure you always learn. You're, if, if you're not always learning, you're, you're not doing your job properly. So the players have learned a little bit from, from the June experience, where we felt, although it was backs to the wall a little bit, we, we stayed in the game for a long time. If we can do that here at, at home at Hamden, we we think that we've got the players to cause Belgium some problems. The motivation shouldn't be a problem when you're playing for your country. Certainly, I'm as motivated now as I ever was. We want to come out of the group. It's going to be very difficult now. We realise that. Everyone has to be honest about that. But we still have the safety net if we need it in March. David in Largs is first up tonight. David, give us your pre-match
1: thoughts.
5: Basically, I just think that we're uh, hitting in hope here. I think that listened to the Scotland manager there, you understand that we're, we're coming to a defeat. It's the only thing that we can estimate from this prospect is the fact that I think that we're going to have to stand back respect the team in front of us and understand that Belgium are a far better team than us we're looking at a team that's got the McBurnie up front who's not pushing much you've got a Celtic defence basically built off the fact that what we're doing here is we're not going to come up against this team we've got a midfield built full of Celtic players who are down themselves and the fact that we're going to have to listen to the fact of everyone's greeting and kind tomorrow after we've came up with one of the best teams in the world. I think it's shocking that we're even thinking that we're in here with are hurting hope. What do the panel think about that? Thanks. Oh, it's not
2: shocking. All you can do is play the next team up. And it happens to be the FIFA-ranked number one team in Belgium. So it's not shocking. This is simply what happens in Group I. They are our next opponents. And we go in with zero expectation. And I mean that, zero expectation. So you can't be burdened by a zero.
3: No one expects Scotland to do anything. OK, there's your platform. Go and try and surprise a few. Yeah, well, I think Stevie Clark, uh, he just, he just, if you bear with me, David, he says earlier now he had to get a defensive organisation. And I totally agree with that. And I said earlier on before we heard that piece that you cannot get camped in. There has to be a period where you get a breather. Now we looked at that game on Friday night And it was about trying to retain the ball We didn't do that well enough And tonight they're going to have to try and get a breather some way And again that will come down to the number 9 The wider guys taking it for a, a wander up the pitch Because otherwise it will just become too much Players will get picked off if they get fatigued as the game goes on And it's about trying to can have that fret When you do get into the forward areas However it's about the balance He's absolutely right in what he said there Listen we're going into this This is a free hit for me tonight If he gets anything and a decent performance at all Because that's all you're looking for A bit of credibility because of the level of quality that the, this team possess.
5: David, you want to come back in? Uh, yes, I would just come back in and say that I think, as again, it's we've not got an opportunity tonight to go out and shine and show what we can do. It's not the kind of place that we're in. We're up against Belgium, best team in the world. We are not up there with a, a target man. that he can help uh, the Botou and all of it, But what I will say is the fact that the defence, I don't think the defence will be... Very good at carrying the ball forward tonight. That's the only interpretation I can make. I don't think that, the, uh, the, 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 that we can carry the ball forward in the way that would have to be to be effective in the game. I think that we're going to be up against a great team and a great team in the boys from front to back. and We're going to have to show respect to that. Now, If, if Steve has come out and saying that he, he thinks he's got a helping open chance, I think that's, that's, that's going too far. Uh, personally, I think that the fact that we need to stand back, give respect, try and hit and hope and see what we can do but I think that coming up against the team we're coming tonight that, that Steve Clark has, has been outdone effectively and Romero Martinez and everyone we've got in front of us I don't think we'll be able to do it tonight but well, we can what, see what do you we expect? Can do.
2: What do you expect Steve Clark to say, though, David? I mean, do you expect a manager of a national team to say...
5: I expect say, it to be realistic, to, to be honest you. I expect us to be realistic in the prospects of the fact of who we've got in front of us, what we're doing. The manager we've got in front of us as well is the where, where manager. Has he manager. Where has he been unrealistic? Command look is where he's been. And he's been taught lessons in that aspect as well. But apart from that, I think there were... I'm not following you, the uh, uh,
2: David, I'm, I'm not following your drift here. You said he's being unrealistic, and I'm asking you, where is he being unrealistic? And you tell me Kilmarnock. What's Kilmarnock got to do with anything?
5: Kilmarnock has got a lot to do with the fact that they were a hit and hopeless team. They were someone who were set up with the chance that they never had to come good. But apart from that, I think that Steve Clark tonight has been set the task of impressing a lot of people after a Friday night's day against Russia, where we were shown who we are. Against the teams that were eighth or, or in the last eight places of the World Cup. We I mean, need to understand that, the respect the program,
2: to that. That's why I said at the start Sorry. of the programme we, we have limited resources and therefore we have limited prospects of going too far at international level. But that's because Steve Clark doesn't have a centre forward, doesn't have a striker worthy well, of the name to put in. There is no international transfer market. You have to go with those who are eligible to play for your country. And at the moment, we're coming up short
1: defensively and in the striker role. And that's where it is a bit, or it seems, Alex, maybe like a bit of a thankless task for Stevie Clark tonight. Because take us back to Friday. We stood here when the team was announced, maybe at a push, one or two people thought, OK, Ryan Christie, maybe it was worth a start. Oliver McBurney. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but who else was there on the bench? So overall, it looked from the outset like he had picked... The right team, or, or along the lines of the right team, and after 15 minutes, it certainly looked like he had, he had picked the right team. What happens thereafter, then, and what can he, as a manager, do differently?
3: Well, it's difficult because he said after the game, Gordon, that he says he, he couldn't understand why they dropped off. Now, if he doesn't understand, he's a guy that's leading it, the players. Their selves have like, subconsciously dropped off, but 15 minutes is probably the worst thing that could happen to Scotland at that point because. Scored too early. <laughs> absolutely. And so the thing is, gone. Annoyed that, them. Yeah, well, this is the thing, though, Hugh. But see, when we were watching this, the first 15 minutes, we're thinking, this is brilliant because you've got high energy. McGinn's charged about, McTominay's charged about. All of a sudden, you've got people pressing them, and they became a wee bit uncomfortable. There was more pressure on the ball, and they're trying to kind of help the ball on to the, to the big centre forward. But as the game wore on, we deepened, they get more and more confidence and it was all little giving goes the fullbacks were actually at one point their highest players because they'd so much of the ball and we can't afford to do that tonight otherwise it could be an
1: absolute doom. Well as it was on Friday the hand and pitch is in magnificent condition, the Scotland players are out having a look at it at the moment all out there uh, in their groups looking fairly relaxed uh, ahead of what should be a testing evening, I suppose that's another factor Alex because we, we praise the pitch on Friday night, and sometimes when you go away in international football, that's part of the challenge. You're going somewhere where it's horrible, yeah. and the home team make it horrible for you. If you're Belgium and you walk out onto that, you're delighted. Yeah, I because that plays right into your hands. I we should, should move it to some w- w- junior park somewhere and listen, give us a chance.
3: What we should have done is we should have got the groundsman to put in a knock cutter, for about four months, <laughs> so it was about eight feet long now, so that they couldn't charge through it, but. Listen, you're trying to showcase the game as well. You're trying to... Yeah, uh, I was joking. No, just, just of course you were, well. absolutely. And the thing is, you, you want to play on a good surface. Now, Hamden has taken a, a lot of stick over the years. You know, it's been cutting up because it had been relayed over a period. And uh, But when you look at it t- tonight and on Friday night, it's a perfect surface. Now, I'm looking at these guys all relaxed. And now they have to get focused on their job. They have to be extremely well organised and no one can fall asleep um, because if they do, uh, God, knows, they'll get terrorised. 0141 951
1: 1025, that's the number. Archie in the south side has dialed. Come on then, Archie, give us the master plan. What can we do tonight?
6: It doesn't matter, guys, if we move to the red-ass the red pitches in the Queen's Park <laughs> it's all get thrashed. Anyway, what I was going to say, there's such a thing as being organised. Uh, we know we're not as good as Belgium, uh, but we have to be organised. So the first thing that Stevie Clark should be saying to the boy Robertson that plays for Liverpool, with all these superstars he plays with, for Liverpool, he should be saying to him, don't run up the pitch and leave your defenders exposed. Because we don't have the superstars that Liverpool's got to defend when you got the front. That's what happened against Cyprus. He was posted missing Robertson. He can't be doing that. He's playing for Scotland. He's I'm not playing sure. for Liverpool.
2: Archie, to be fair, I'm quite sure that Andrew Robertson... He,
6: he, hold on a minute, he... hold on a minute. on on.
2: on you go On you go Archie I would would just like to say as well
6: It's not all the boy Robertson's fault as well Or the manager We've all got to be realistic Some of the players we've got are atrocious I mean that guy Phillips come on And his first three touches As soon as he touched the ball It rolled away from him He can't can't control the ball Now I watched Blackpool last week against, Against Portsmouth Some of the Blackpool players Can show that Phillips how to control the ball and he's supposed to be a Scotland player. It's disgraceful. And, and O'Donnell and Cooper, these guys, I mean, I know we've not got great riches, but there's surely much better players than them because that they can't even control the ball, half of them. It is disgraceful.
2: Anyway, um, I'll go back to the original point about Robertson. I'm quite sure that Andrew Robertson knows when to stay and when to go. He didn't win a European uh, Champions League medal Uh, because he doesn't know how to play football. Uh, You're talking about disgraceful. It's not disgraceful, Archie. I'm trying to make the point here that we are what we are at the moment. We have limited resources. We are torn between Ollie McBurney, one goal for Scotland, and Matt Phillips, no goals for Scotland. That's where we are at the moment because Lee Griffiths, at the moment, is not ready for international football. I think it's the other way around, but I take your address. Matt Phillips, no, scored, no. didn't he?
1: In uh, the, no, the, uh, the Alex McLeish-friendly.
2: Burnley scored against Cyprus.
1: You can but tell anyway, by the we'll silence. We're we'll now wrapping Ar- ourselves Ar- in
3: knots. just, Archie, just uh, you were saying about the boy uh, Phillips and Cooper... Who would you draft in as your other striker? Because well, I'll tell you what,
1: let's, before we throw that to Archie, we do have breaking team news. And I know oh, it's lovely. been a cause of great
7: debate over the last couple of days. Our reporter, Andrew McLean, has that Scotland starting 11 tonight. Well, Steve Clark makes four changes to his side. Out go John McGinn, James Forrest, Ollie McBurnie and Ryan Fraser. In come Kenny McLean, Robert Snodgrass, Ryan Christie and Matt Phillips. So it's the same back five, if you like, with David Marshall in goal Stephen O'Donnell, Liam Cooper, Charlie McGrew and Andy Robertson, the back four It then looks like it'll be a midfield three of Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay and Callum McGregor with Robert Snodgrass and Ryan Christie supporting Matt Phillips the lone striker. The substitutes McLaughlin, McGilvery, Forrest, McGinn McBurnie, Fraser, Bates, Devlin Armstrong, Russell and Taylor Up, I've got bad news for you. Your man Matt Phillips is starting
1: tonight
6: This is graceful What I would like to say to Hugh Hugh did, did any word come out of my mouth That Robertson's not world class What I'm saying to you is He can't be bowling up the wing And leaving these young boys In defence That are unexperienced uh, Alone Because that's what happened he was, he was posted missing. We know he's a good player But he's got to help He's the First of all he's a defender And he has sustained defence He can go up when there's cover behind, behind him. But he's not doing that, he's just running up there. Look at this for Liverpool. He must be thinking the Liverpool defenders are there for Scotland, not the ones who have got.
1: OK, Archie, thanks for your call. We're going to have to leave it there. It's 01419511025. We just gave you the breaking team news from Hamden. Four changes. Uh, it is Marshall and goal, as usual. It's the same back four: O'Donnell, Mulgrew, Cooper. Um, and Andy Robertson, as you would expect at the back the captain, McLean, McTominay and McGregor the midfield three, Robert Snodgrass and Ryan Christie, Matt Phillips all into the starting 11 tonight what do you make of that? You can tell us next
0: Clyde One, Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, getting you full compensation is their goal talk to thompsons.com
1: Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, at Hamden on the night, Scotland have to somehow tame the world's number one ranked Belgium have just arrived. They're in the tunnel down below us and they're going to come out and get a look at the playing surface very soon as well. Just a quick recap of the team. We want to know what you think of it. David Marshall in goals. Uh, I'll very quickly just run through the 11. Stephen O'Donnell, Andy Robertson, Charlie Mulgrew, Liam Cooper, Scott McTominay, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean, Robert Snodgrass, Ryan Christie, and Matt Phillips. What do you make of it? Tell us on the phones uh, or on Twitter. A few, well, lots of opinions coming in. Soccer Zine is on, he says, Scotland, in my opinion, should concentrate on the vital playoffs coming in March next year. The conventional way of qualifying was already out the window. We need to take the remaining games as preparation for the massive tie that awaits. And Rory Flynn says, We've got a better squad than both Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Why is it they can raise their game when needed? unlike us? And that is the question which will drive Scotland fans everywhere mad, Hugh Kevens, because it's all well and good saying we don't have many options in defence and we don't have many options in attack, but underdogs win football matches. Underdogs win football matches all the time. Why at the moment can we not find a way of doing it?
2: Northern Ireland, four out of four, all one. Playing Germany tonight, there'll be an acid test for them. Uh, Attention was drawn Gordon to our temperamental state on Friday night because when we went one up by common consent and this includes Andrew Robertson, the captain, we then went into our shell and let Russia play and by the time we'd come back out of our shell, it was too late. Now you're playing the world's number one team. Uh, So, temperamentally they'll have to be strong. In terms of ability, we can't match Belgium. But the least we can do is be temperamentally strong and see what we can do. But as I say, there's zero expectation, none at all. So there's no burden on you
1: other than the fear that Belgium might go to town on you. Alex Ray, you've had time to line up that starting yes. 11. What do you make of it? There's there's no obvious width, no, no Ryan Fraser, no James Forrest replaced by the likes of Ryan Christie and Robert Snodgrass. It's just a like-for-like like personnel change from... Oli McBurnie to Matt Phillips so what are, you, what are you expecting from them? how do you expect them to set up
3: I, I'm looking at it Gordon I think it'll be a 4-5-1 a uh, I would expect Snodgrass to come off the, the right hand side Ryan Christie to come off the left and I think it'll be more of a, a 3 rather than a 2 and a 1 where uh, if you look at the other night Callum McGregor was the one that was trying to break from middle to the front he actually looked a bit lost to me within that position these roles we did try to drop off to get the ball Trying to get support to meet Burnley, so uh, for me it'll be a three. They'll try and kind of put blocks into. I think, as I said earlier, on Lukaku may well come back into the fold. So it's a wee bit more resolute uh, in their shape. Four-five-one,
1: oh-one-four-one-nine-five-one-one-zero-two-five. One, one, oh, let's speak to Stevie in Bishop Briggs, hi Stevie. How you doing, lads? He's all right. Yes, yeah, Stevie. Stevie, not too bad at all. How are you? I know you're a, a passionate Scotland fan who likes to give us the glass half full approach. So let's be having it.
8: Well, I'm going to give you it right away, Gordon. Uh, Hugh, um I listen to David there. Oh, my God. Please help me. You, you've heard me before uh, about Scotland. And honestly, I'm driving and I thought to myself, if you're still listening, David, OK, you've got your thoughts, pal. But let's get Scotland fired up for this tonight, right? And your man will be in there in that dressing room and I'll tell you what you'll probably be saying. Yes, this team we're going to face is one of the top teams in the country. yes. Everybody thinks they are the best. Well, why don't we go? Let's keep it tight at the back, boys. Midfield, let's work together. Sort it out. Pass the ball well. Let the defence keep it real tight. Real tight. And you know what? We might just sneak a goal. And we could come off the park. 1-0 up. And that is hallelujah. And the papers will be amazing tomorrow. And even better. We could maybe sneak a wee drop, and the papers will still be saying, goodness me, Scotland done it.
2: Well, all of that is uh, self-explanatory. I mean, Stevie Clark's not in there saying, look, whatever you do, don't cross the halfway line in case we get cuffed. Uh, So all of that is self-explanatory, but you then have the small problem of Kevin De Bruyne, uh, of Romelu Lukaku, uh, and we'll... Wakaku up against uh, Liam Cooper who's having his second game for Scotland his second game so we are up against it whichever way you look and it's not being harsh to
1: say that Scotland going to a match at Hamden as second favourites because they are Alex I know you'll be suitably inspired uh, by Stevie on the line the problem is saying it is one thing doing yes. it is another and I'm sure Stevie Clark said these things on Friday he did,
3: and he actually also said it again in the press yesterday. He says, We never know, we might get that upset of one of the big teams, that's exactly what they hope for. Now, again, I take that point on board. He has to come out fighting, he has to say the right things, and he has to put a positive spin on Friday night. Again, going back to this game today, I was looking at the Yanisai, Lukaku, Dries Merton, Pratt, Benteki, Shadley. They're just the options in the front area, but he's absolutely right in what he says there, Stevie, in terms of. The midfield have to be organised. They have to know their jobs. They have to put blocks on and they have to give that backline support and they have to have some sort of outball because otherwise it'll just be
1: uh, backs to the wall. Right, Stevie, what do you make of the Scotland starting 11 tonight? The likes of Ryan Christie coming in, Robert Snodgrass, Matt Phillips, they're the ones that, Kenny McLean, they're the ones that come into the team. Are you happy enough with that?
8: Well, you can only be happy. That was my next point to hearing the boys. Scotland can only play with what they've got. Let's, yeah. be, let's be honest... Right? Let's look at the Scottish game in general. We do not have a great selection of players to play for the national team. We do not have compared to other countries. So Scotland has to play with what they've got. And Stevie Clark has selected what he allegedly believes is his best 11 the night to get him through a very, very hard game.
2: The very first point I made tonight was that we have limited resources and therefore you can only make limited progress with limited resources. We are second favourites. We have to hope that Belgium have
3: an awful night and we have an inspired night. The interesting thing about that, Gordon, I listened to uh, Martinez talking... Uh, saying that they were really poor against San Marino and they need to up their game because the levels had dropped and they only won the four 0
1: Well Andrew McLean our reporter now has the Belgium team and if you're looking for good news
7: from him look <laughs> elsewhere Andrew McLean let's be having it. Hide behind your sofas now it's Timo Courtois who starts in goal for Belgium. It's a back three of Toby Alderweireld, Thomas Vermaelen and Jan Verton in the midfield four Thomas Mounier, Yuri Tielemans, Leander Dendonka and Nasser Chadley with Therese Mertens and Kevin De Bruyne at either side of Romulo Lukaku and if they don't do the job there's the likes of Michi Batshuayi, Christian Benteke Yannick Ferreira Carrasco, Adnan Yanazai, Divock Origi on the bench uh, Eden Hazard's injured
1: Alex
3: yeah. <laughs> yes that's a bonus because he's no too bad um. and uh, he would get a game up the, the red ash as the boy was alluding to earlier <laughs> on um, but it, the boy Mooney, I know Gordon when I was over in Belgium he, he, he was phenomenal he just charges up and down that right flank all day long and, and you, you often spoke about Telemans because it's a guy I actually love watching technically very good then again we talk about levels you've got De Bruyne who's actually at a level above Telemans because you see De Bruyne it week in week out international top level Champions League so you know they have got an array of talent but listen it's a good opportunity for the guys to try and put in a spirited performance and if we can get something out of it then we have to be positive listen I could be sarcastic and attempt humour by saying Diego it's a who's who
2: of British and European football up against a who's he Of Scottish football. Uh, But that has to be the motivation, that has to be the driving force. No one gives you an earthly, you have to go out and give yourselves an earthly. But anyone who would deny that Belgium are overwhelming favourites to win
1: this match is kidding themselves on. I mean, Alex, unfortunately for, for Stevie Clark, you can't just sit back and say, "Oh, look at that team. They're brilliant. There's nothing we can do. Let's just hope." You, you can't do that. No, this is total. this is professional, elite, international football. You have to come up with a game plan. Whether it works or not, that's a different question, and we'll get to that by about half past nine tonight, maybe yes. even before. Um, but what, what, what does the, what does the game plan have to look like? On paper, how on earth do you go about stopping Kevin De Bruyne? Yeah,
3: Well, Gordon, if you go, if you go back a couple of months to when we played Belgium, you know, the, the score was 1-0 for a long time. We had a wee spell laterally in the second well, middle of the second half and then obviously the quality uh, shone through. I think Stevie Clark will be looking for something similar in terms of trying to contain them, trying to keep the, the score down and then maybe try and nick something, whether it's a set play, a breakaway uh, or something like that because if they get a couple of goals early,
1: with the atmosphere here tonight, it could be a, a really long night. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number Michael in Livingston is on. What do you make of the Scotland team tonight, Michael?
9: Uh, not very much at all. I listened to it. Uh, we a guy called Matt Phillips up front. We'd be better off with Leslie Phillips. This guy can't even get a game in the English Championship. He can't even get a start. Sixty percent of our defenders play in the English Championship. I echo point, let's get real. There's a paucity of talent available at, Scotland at the Scotland moment. I keep hearing about all the boys that are coming through and hopefully they will in the next four or five years because it's getting beyond a joke. I am a Scotland fan, but it's getting more and more depressing, really. But, 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 and Michael, and, and Robert up. Snodgrass, he's a big... No, well, he's to be fair, he's, to he's Snodgrass. a better come from Frank well,
2: To be fair to Snodgrass, at least he's in the English Premiership, you know, so let's be realistic about this this is no one's fault this is a point in time where we do not have strength and depth from 1974 until 1998 I was here on countless occasions when we had our golden era World Cups European Championships the iconic players from Dennis Law to Kenny Dalglish but that era has gone And now, in 2019, we're struggling. We don't have an array of talent the way that we used to have. But it's not a disgrace. It's not anyone's fault. We have arrived at that period in time where we are playing second fiddle to the Republic of Ireland, the Northern Ireland and the Welsh. We just don't
1: have that gene pool at the moment uh, but is that not where the argument falls down because when you look at man for man you, you, can, you can argue that we're as good as those sides well, or that it, we should be or that we should be close well we should be
2: better than yeah. Northern Ireland I'll grant you uh, but maybe those who are among our best players the the Callum McGregors the Kenny McLeans the Ryan
1: Christie's Maybe they don't have the temperamental strength that others have for, for other countries. Michael, who would you start up front then? You're not happy with Matt Phillips, but but you sort of you acknowledge later on that we don't really have options. So if you're not happy with Matt Phillips, who, who would you be happy with?
9: For this game, I wouldn't play a centre forward. It's a waste of time. He'd you know, be as much good as a one-legged man at a bum-kicking party.
3: Michael, you look at you look at Craig Levine He went with a 4-6-0 And got absolutely battered And that was how his uh, career was defined, defined by, yeah. by that. So t- to suggest that we don't have an outball We've been on here tonight saying about We need to try and get up the pitch So if you don't have a striker, how do you get up the pitch? So that's not going to fly Going back, back to Matt Phillips Matt Phillips I worked with He is a right-sided midfielder all day long For me, I can't understand why he's up front because I just don't see his attributes there. But to get back to the point, what Michael actually said, Gordon, he's more or less started all West Brom's game this uh, this campaign and played 35 games. So to
1: suggest that he's not playing in the Championship is totally incorrect. What about the strikers' position? Then you've both been pretty clear. You think the level of criticism, labelled towards Ollie McBurnie on Friday, was unfair or, yeah. or not unfair? Over the top, perhaps, uh, the amount of it. And tonight it's Matt Phillips. How difficult a position is that? I mean, how far do we have to go back to find a genuine number nine Scotland striker who is widely praised? I mean, I, I, he can barely even think of one. I mean, Louis Griffiths had his, his moment in the sun at hand and he scored his two free yep. kicks. Yep. Stephen Fletcher's had the odd good game, but gets pilloried by people as well.
2: You have to go back It to seems
1: like a bit of a thankless task at the moment, and for, for years now, really.
2: For me, Alec, you have to go back to Alan Alvin McCoy's
1: Mo Johnson. Yeah.
2: You know, that yeah. when we last had uh, a good pick of strikers. Um, they're not there. Lee Griffiths will have to get back and establish at Celtic before he can get back in here. And there are no alternatives. Otherwise, Stevie Clark would have had them. And now we've got one goal, McBurney, No goals, Phillips. And
1: that's where we're at. Yeah, and then you look at the back four, Stephen O'Donnell... Was is in there at right yes. back, Alex? He was very self-critical about his own role on Friday night, which is always a bit uncomfortable to, to, to sort of watch a player with that level of disappointment in his yeah. own performance. There's a there's a level of honesty there. We have one right back in the squad, and he, and he, and he plays again tonight. We have no other right backs. How yes. how do you?
10: Well, Gordon,
3: it. I think there's a bigger bigger issue here The bigger point is Hugh, Why are we no developing players To be able to play at this level Because with the greatest respect to Stephen O'Donnell I think he's struggled since he came into the fold I think he initially had a couple of decent games But I think he's started to regress uh, I think he starts to become international football I watched him the other night, he struggled, he looked like a nervous wreck And fair play to him for actually Suggesting that But when you look at certain positions Now we talk about the centre half, we could go through this whole shooting match uh, The centre half's Area is a key problem for me as well. It's, it hasn't been addressed. I'm not convinced that we actually have two stalwarts of yeah. yesteryear. Yeah. Uh, the middle of the park, which we, we spoke about. Oh, we've got a rare t- uh, talent in there. We watched that game the other night, and they were second best all over the park. Technically, uh, they couldn't actually physically get near anyone. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at that and go, right, okay. What is a bigger picture here? Because it, we're painting a picture of doom and gloom because it is, and the actual quality, and the uh, you know the fact that we're actually playing a right-sided midfielder effectively as a centre forward. You've got Johnny Russell who's playing out in uh, the MLS. Could he lead the line? I can't see it. No. So, we're, we're, you know, if you don't have guys who can lead a line, take the pressure off, and we actually seen it the other day because see, even when Scotland pressed for 15 or 20 minutes, the out ball was a big guy Zuber up front who was just bullying people and it allowed him to bring people in. So you need to have a different game plan when you can't pass your way through it, get the ball back to front and play
1: there. 01419511025 What do you make of Scotland starting 11? How do you rate the chances against Belgium tonight? We'll hear again from the Scotland manager, Stevie Clark, next.
0: Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com.
1: One hour to kick off between Scotland and Belgium at Hamden. I'm Gordon Duncan. Hugh Keevens is here. Alex Ray is alongside him. And we're building up to a massive night for the national team against the world's number one ranked side. We're on Twitter looking for your opinions. Johnny, Johnny's got the game plan all wrapped up here. He says Kenny McLean deserves a start tonight. You thought he at least looked hungry-ish when he came on against Russia. Mm-hmm. Surely the plan with Phillips is for him to be up there, hold it up with the hope Christie or Snodders will charge <laughs> in with a finish. No, it does. seems pretty good to me. Yeah, but it's,
2: <laughs> it's making it happen. That's the wonderful when you write it down for Twitter. But it's uh, altogether harder to put into practice on that park there because most of our night is going
1: to be spent trying to protect David Marshall's goal. Uh, Brian Gallagher's also on with an interesting point. He points out, Alex, that with 89 minutes on the clock, it's Azerbaijan 1, Croatia 1. Now, I know it's a bit flimsy. I know just because you can find one example of an upset does not mean that other upsets will follow but mm-hmm. it at least reminds you that this it, is football you, get result, you, you yeah. cannot turn up to every game and think well it's a foregone conclusion why are we even bothered we're rubbish they're great we're going to get hammered football doesn't work that not, way. Not
3: at all. It throws up uh, results like this all across the globe, uh, Gordon. Just kinda, and I just feel there's a kind of... Even the manager says an apathy about Scotland at the moment. The fans are showing up in good numbers, I would suggest. 30,000 other night, 33,000. Yep. It'll probably be similar tonight.
1: Mm, possibly so, less now, I think. But, I but what, I'm,
3: what I'm saying is that, I think that's not bad to you. They're travelling, they're paying their money, because this isn't cheap. And they're, and they're showing up in their numbers. Uh, going back to his point about Matt Phillips, <laughs> and it's like... Oh, just hod the ball up in that, but when you look at the, the Vertonghen, v- uh, Vermalen and Alder Verden, they're, they're all top, top players, they'll be aggressive and they will be used to guys like Matt Phillips, but the guys that play up there are strikers, so I think it'll be a tough night for uh, Matt Phillips y- you, up there.
2: You've made the point, he is Matt Phillips, the square peg in the round hole, because that's not where he plays, not but look at else.
1: Oh, 01419511025. One one oh That's the number. Alan is on. Alan's a Rangers fan from Drumchapel, but in Tenerife. Alan, oh. stop it, Alan. Ah, oh, how are you doing? Are you just trying to get as far away from this game as possible, Alan?
11: Oh, I know. I watched the game the other night. I just managed to get here in the Friday night game, so I just managed to catch maybe the second half. And Rangers, uh, sorry, Scotland were 1-0 up, but by the time I got here, then Russia scored the two goals, and quite disappointing, really. But uh, oh, I, I, I bumped yeah. oh, sorry, I just wanted uh, say to you, I bumped into Jim Duffy the other day.
1: <laughs> in Tenerife?
11: Aye, Jim Duffy was in here the other day, aye, and he just, I got his autograph, and I just said to him, well, the next time you're in, I'll try and give a call,
1: and if I can get on, I'll talk to you.
11: <laughs> so that's why it wasn't um, in
1: on Wednesday, Hugh. It's all been coming clear. Must
2: be paying some wages at the bar. Yeah, I hope he's absolutely. getting sunblock
1: on. Don't want to come back with sunburn. Yeah. Alan, what do, you, what do you think of the, the game tonight? Any any chance whatsoever? I don't think so. I don't think
11: uh, Scotland will have any chance of beating the number one ranked team right enough. But uh, my point was just about... What, what's wrong with Ryan Jack, do you I, I know mate. he, he, he he's said... Been see, he's been uh, He's been, he Rangers, today,
3: he's been sent back to Rangers, Alan. He's been sent back to the Rangers. He had a bit of swelling uh, on Friday. Uh, and got uh, worse it, Saturday. Yeah, he got worse. He so just got a little bit more swollen. So they've sent him back for precaution.
1: So obviously he's not going to feature. Yeah, he's, he's not going to. So it's sort of um, it's a bit of a redundant argument. Do we need a different type of midfielder? to, 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 to A bit of a destroyer, I think. Was that the term we that Stevie do, Clark used?
2: We need Scott Brown. Or we need someone who... Can be like Scott Brown uh, not only to destroy as you said Gordon uh, but to have that fire in his belly that gets into every other player in the park
1: and we don't have a Scott Brown out there Why can't John McGinn do that or could John McGinn do that I know he wasn't at his best the other night and he's not starting this evening Um is that not something he could have in his locker Gordon possibly um,
3: I I watched John the other night and it's very difficult he charges the boot he's got so much power and strength um, and I take Hugh's point in terms of we pressed the game really well for 15 minutes I think we're at our best as a nation when we get in people's faces I think it galvanises the punters because you can see you having a goal we've seen it time after time going back to the years and years ago you get in their faces Mm -hmm. now I know it's very difficult to maintain that when you're up against a team possession base one of the things that I think we are desperate for, never mind a Scott Brown or a someone like him that's going to galvanise and charge about, we need someone to get on the ball. We need someone to retain the ball. Mm-hmm. We've got to be able to handle yeah. the ball because we do not keep the ball long yeah. enough. I, again, right. Again,
1: changed. in theory, and granted, of course you're right because none of this happened the other night, but sure, so when did Callum McGregor stop being able to handle the ball? What about Scott McTominay? I know he's not everyone's absolute favourite, but surely he can handle the ball, so where is it going wrong because it seems like on paper we do have these guys
3: well it's interesting because we watched that game the other night and to a man people who have actually spoken uh, post-Russia have said the disappointing thing is we didn't keep the ball ball away so what I'm saying is Gordon I don't know
1: and that's the thing I'm not disagreeing with you of course we didn't on Friday but are, are we really that so, are we really in the, the doldrums so much that we're saying that even Callum McGregor and Scott McTominay and John McGinn aren't good enough at keeping the ball? Or is, it, or is it something that we're doing wrong in terms of executing a game plan? Well,
3: the thing is, it partly could be that we don't keep the ball long enough in terms of when it goes up front because of the actual delivery. When, when teams press, we might not have enough. It, it it can't be just one guy that's good on the ball. It's got to be a collector thing where people are comfortable because once Callum McGregor passes it to whoever, they've got to manipulate the ball and keep it and then keep refaces faces a play. And they've got to overcome a high press because what happened the other night was the ball just was getting shelled up to all of McBurnley. It was just a fighting ball and he just totally to get outnumbered and outmuscled on the night. So we're going to have to be braver, Gordon. So... McGinn, I know they're not playing, but McGinn, McGregor and McTominay all play a very good level of football. Surely they'll be able to manipulate it. Even the full-backs on their day can handle the ball. So we've got to be
4: braver. So that's the answer to your question. We've got to be braver on the ball. Okay, let's hear again from the manager Stevie Clark. Listen, you need need the crowd there. We need the Tartan army onside. We've spoke a lot about the crowd. I thought the crowd that came the other night were good. We gave them something to shout about at the start. Not so much... I'm not so sure it was a a nervousness in the crowd that that got got onto the pitch and affected the players. I think the the fact that Russia got a good control of the game makes the crowd go quiet, but going quiet and being nervous is two different things. I think it's that, listen, all the players are very, very experienced players at at their own level, so they should be able to handle the the pressure and the expectation. I I think some of the talk after the game about the nerves and not handling the game properly is, is, is a little bit... It's not... It's not wrong. It's not quite right, you know. It was it was the way the game went away from us more than the, the nervous aspect. We lost we lost control of the game, uh, tactically, more or less because we allowed Russia to pen us in closer to our own eighteen yard box. They played well off the big striker, and that causes a lot of problems. So sort of. I'm not so, I'm not so worried about the mental side. We've got good mental strength
1: tweets coming in at Clyde SSB one in particular from Mick who says come on unless he's not 100% fit why can you not or how can you not play Forrest explain says Mick now a number of reasons yes. I would imagine Alex he didn't look fresh no. the other night he kept stretching just as he did against Rangers in yeah. this last Celtic game and uh, perhaps it's some more defensive personnel even if Forest was flying yeah, at the moment Yeah, well, I, I covered the Rangers game Gordon, Rangers Celtic
3: game and he looked out of sorts he, he took off that game we watched him the other night and throughout the game when the game was uh, the ball was out of into touch he was stretching off as well he looks to be as if he's either carrying something or he's feeling a bit tired because this is a guy who plays 50 odd yeah. games a season
2: well Callum McGregor had about uh, if i memory serves me correctly 69 games last season and he just never stops this guy and I think he shows signs at times of running on empty and the same
1: goes for Forest. 01419511025. That's the number you need right now because it's time for this.
0: Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football.
1: Finished last week with a hat trick for the listeners. Three wins in a row oh. against the pundits. They've had a bit of downtime at the weekend, a bit of R and R to get your your mind back in the game. You feeling fresh? Oh, I was busy crowding a gala queen. I didn't have it all to myself. That is know. true. And we'll maybe get to that later on. But if you want to play beat the pundit tonight and take on Alex or Q to try and win a signed ball, then the time is now 01419511025. Be quick because you only have until the news at seven.
0: Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.
1: Hugh Evans and Alex Rear here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard. 45 minutes from kickoff between Scotland and Belgium. Can Stevie Clark's men do the unthinkable? Let's take a breather though and play Beat the Pundit first Beat
0: the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football
1: the Pundits had a disaster last week three (laughs) wins in a row for the listeners Wednesday, Thursday, Friday we gave them Saturday off as a result they had such a bad time of it we thought we'd let them get away Uh, and try and swat up ahead of this week let's see if it works one of them Hugh or Alex is going to be taking on Stuart from Greenock tonight how are you Stuart? Aye not bad are you in the optimistic or pessimistic Scotland camp tonight one camp seems to be a bit bigger than the other at the moment I must say Uh, I'm not too confident to be honest but we'll see see how we get on hopefully we can get a good point well hopefully you're a bit more confident for beat the pundit Hedge are up against Hugh Keevans and tails it will be Alex Ray and it's tails again Alex Ray you know the drill you did it on <laughs> Friday take about 100 steps in that direction so he can't hear us like he's sending him away in case I don't make it back after 100 steps I like this I like this bit here I like it when we can just keep telling him where to go there he is he's, he's far enough away Stuart so he can't hear us now you've got 30 seconds on the clock you will be head to head with Alex now remember you can pass here is your chance to beat the pundit are you ready? yep yeah, ready good man your time starts now what is the name of Kilmarnock Stadium? Rugby Park. Kenny Dalgleish and which other Scotland player are on 30 goals for their country? Kenny Miller. During which decade did Scotland last beat Belgium? Past. Who wears number 9 for Celtic? Green yeah. Griffiths. Name one country that Scotland faced in the 1978 World Cup. Brazil. Which club did Lee McCulloch begin his playing career? Kilmarnock. Okay, Uh, let's bring Alex Ray back. He's not even looking at us, this could be interesting. He's miles away on his phone. (laughs) Here he comes, making his way back slowly but surely, Hugh Kevins. Yes, yes. He's slower than he was on Friday. (laughs) You ready? Absolutely. Right, same set of questions to you, Alex Ray, and your time starts now. No, it doesn't. Here it goes. What is the name of Kilmarnock's stadium? Rugby Park. Kenny Dalgleish and which other Scotland player have 30 goals for their country? Dennis Lott. During which decade did Scotland last beat Belgium? Nineties. Uh, Who wears number nine for Celtic? Uh, Lee Griffiths. Name any one country that Scotland faced in the 78 World Cup. Peru. At which club did Lee McCulloch begin his playing career? Motherwell. Which Rangers player has joined St Johnstone and Lone? Holt. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, hold- Stuart, what do you think? Alex sounded pretty confident, didn't he?
0: Uh, I think he's won this one.
1: I think he's done you. Yeah. Let's find out the extent of the damage. The first one, the name of Comhairlich Stadium, you both knew it. A nice easy one to get us up and running. at was Rugby Park. Kenny Dalglish, and which other Scotland player have 30 goals for their country? It is Dennis Law Stewart. They're both level on 30 as the the top scorers. Alex knew it. He goes into a 2-1 lead. During which decade did Scotland last beat Belgium? It was the 80s. was it in was the late 1987. Eighties? Ah, uh, so none of you got that right. Still 2-1 to Alex Ray. Who is number nine for Celtic? It is Lee Griffiths. You both got that one correct. Uh, name any one country that Scotland faced in the 78 World Cup. You had the choice of Peru, Netherlands, or Iran. Alex Ray, you got that one. How old were you in 78? Uh, three the honest answer please <laughs> 8 oh, 9 go. a bit more memorable Hugh Evans was in his 40s so he definitely remembers <laughs> it uh, at which club did Lee McCulloch begin his playing career it was Motherwell and only Alex got to question 7 which player has joined St Johnston on loan it is Jason Holt so it's a 6 for Alex and a 2 for you Stuart Hardlines. Oh no, okay, Yeah, it was a good effort. Good effort, Stuart. I hope that's not a sign of the gulf in end result we're going to get at Hamden, oh, unless please. it's for us, of course. Do you
2: know? What? I can't even remember who got Scotland's goal against Iran. Yes. Uh huh. Tell us. It wasn't a Scottish player. It was an old goal by a player called Escandaria.
1: Escandaria, yeah, that's yeah. right. Dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we well Listen, we'll take. I think we would take any own goal this evening. That's a, a fair assessment. 01419511025 in the phones. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Clyde SSB. What have we got coming in here uh, on Twitter? Uh, Ryan McGeeky's not happy with the team. He says you'd be better off with Lee Wilkie and Christian Daly at the back. I don't know what he's got against Lee Wilkie oh, and Christian Daly. I think uh, Christian uh, listen, Daly played uh, many times. Yeah, also, I, I had Lee towards the end of his career, so I think it's fair to say Good man's passed his sell-by date. And uh, also the the caddy to the stars of golf is on Twitter. Craig Connolly. Oh, you. Yeah. He says it's a first for me. We, t- we spoke about the last caller going to Tenerife to get as far away from the game as possible Craig is staying on a farm in West Virginia and oh. he's on the porch listening to you come on Scotland he says uh, but he's got the monkey with the hands over the eyes emoji which suggests he's not too confident either all the best young Sunny, hey, Craig I also like this one that's come in on Twitter from Christopher Macalini, who says not sure what would be more satisfying tonight beating the best team in the world or shutting up the expert panel of Clyde SSB as if you two somehow don't want Scotland to win. I know. No,
3: Listen, you only give your opinion, Hugh But the, actual, yeah. the the reality is, we're back on on Saturday. Tell them to give us a call. We'll see how it all goes.
1: And, 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 and panel or not. No disrespect to you two, but I know which one would be more satisfying by a mile. it <laughs> yes. Would be Scotland winning tonight. So uh, there we go. 01419511025. We are going to hear from Scotland's captain very soon. But let's hear from Brendan in Paisley. Brendan, what are you thinking? 40 minutes to go. Are you giving us any chance?
12: Not a hope in hell, boys. Oh,
13: Brendan, Brendan. I think,
12: personally, I mean, the chances of beating them, the last time we beat them was when we won the Scottish Cup in 1987. That's
2: true.
12: That tells you a look for a off. But the, the class, the, the the players, the class they've got, the players they've got, the experience they've got, we haven't got a hope tonight. And to be fair, I think... I mean, I'm, I'm no, It's not a slight on Stevie Club by any stretch of imagination, but I I'm still looking at that team tonight. He doesn't even know he's in first team. I
10: we mean, there's a couple of boys playing there out of position.
12: Definitely. Well, you were saying you were, you were saying there earlier about Young Scott McTominay and, and James Forrest. All right, uh, Forrest looked as if he was stiff there tonight. But let's be honest, it's, the, it's literally the start of the season. These boys shouldn't be in that sort of condition
1: right, coming in five Friday. or six games into the season. Brendan, he played on Friday and it, it didn't work out. So, is that not reason enough to try and change something? James Forrest looks stiff, but
12: I think that boy, along me, the boy McGregor, they're putting enough a lot of pressure on them to, to turn up for the league, for the Celtic and for Scotland. Like, be too much pressure on them to perform, and they, they're, they're human. They can't do it. I mean, as they, they get a bit of tight hamstring, they've got to slow down to, to protect themselves. They've got to do no choice. Uh, that's, uh,
2: that's but, that young
12: boy, Scott, but that young boy Scott McTominay, he's a bit of a unit, that boy. But you know, if he's no feeling the game when he's playing it, then there's nothing we can do about it. I just think that uh, the, the, the way the Scottish game is at the moment, we've got to get right back to the grassroots. We've got to try and uh, the SFA are going to try and get hold us some money did.
2: and we make sure there. that... We are there. The SFA are spending plenty of money. Yeah, really? that, that
1: conversation's probably for yeah. another day. And by the way, we will have it because yes. we have it every time we no, fail to qualify. It's
2: one of the great cliches, you know, uh, along with back to the drawing board. You know, of course you get back to the drawing board. He's never been away from the drawing board since Friday night. Uh, but
1: it's personnel. Everything's about personnel. Brent- Brendan's right here when he comes on and says... You know, he outlines the the quality we're up against and and the chances of winning are slim we acknowledge that it's quite frustrating though because clearly the damage was done elsewhere, had we been able to arrive to tonight's game not being thumped in Kazakhstan Uh and not having lost here to Russia you can feel a bit more relaxed about it and you can say well yeah, it is the number one side in the world we've got no right to beat them, let's go and see what we can do see if we can put on a confident performance but actually, everyone is so low They are expecting a hammering this evening and that would just add to the woes from Friday night. We haven't done our our business in the games that we had a genuine chance of doing something in and now we come up against this. Well, Brendan said uh, no hope. Hope is the only thing we've got,
2: in actual fact. Uh, You have to hope that somehow you can rise above Friday night's performance, hope that you can live with the incredible talent available to Roberto Martinez Uh, So hope is the only thing we've got
1: because if you take it man for man on pure ability, Belgium are better. I mean, Alex, one of the names mentioned was Scott McTominay and we spoke about him on Friday night. The the, the biggest cliche leveled at him, if you like, or the criticism is he's only in the team because he plays for Man United. Now, we could probably spend hours debating that, but, but this is a guy who has gone away to Paris in the Champions League and played, and has played against Kevin De Bruyne, and has played against these guys before, now that doesn't give him a divine right to to perform but you would surely rather have a guy that can draw on those experiences
3: than not. I think one of the reasons why he is playing Gordon is the level in which he's playing at, he's actually a regular starter now for Manchester United, all being at their best in terms of the league position and so forth, but he's up against, he's playing alongside World Cup winners uh, in Pogba, so I can understand why he's playing, he is athletic, he gets about, I haven't watched him close hand other night, I would like him to drive the team forward at times, it's very simple, because what he's doing is he's dropping in between the back line, and he's just popping simple passes, that has to be done round about 20-30 mm-hmm. yards further forward to actually can I get some
1: momentum going the other way. Now coping with the difference between playing with... A very impressive club side and then playing for Scotland, that's something that applies to Andy Robertson. And again, we identified it before the game on Friday. One of the previous callers came on and and had a go at Andy Robertson saying he gets caught too high up the field. This must be a real challenge for Andy Robertson because as good as he is, if he's in a game and he's trying to to influence things and make things happen, he'll he'll surely want to get up the field. But if you're asked to do a very different job... It just doesn't have the same impact. God, when I, mean, I was watching the game the
3: other night, I actually thought that he didn't get forward anywhere near his normal self. I think he was quite reserved. He kind of sat back with the majority of the game. Um, but when he does choose to go, it's not as if he's leaving, as the caller said earlier on, a lot of young guys. You know, I think Cooper's 28, McGrew's in his early 30s, O'Donnell's late 20s. So these guys should be experienced. And it's not just when he leaves. You then have your midfielders who should then filter back
1: and be able to block off that... that, that, that Particular side and the music that's going to try and drown us out now, Hugh, is uh, a band called the La Fontaines, old schoolmates of mine. I'll oh. have you know. So, just in case you're wondering, uh, there is an ML1 takeover of Hamden this evening. So that you can, I'll, I'll send you one of their uh, one of their cassettes yeah. and you can check it out on the way home. Is that's, that all right? We'll get on my USB. Uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do. We'll speak to the technical gurus at Clyde One and we'll try and hook you up. But David is in Bishop Briggs What have you got to say for yourself tonight, David? Um, Hello, panel. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, just
14: a quick thing um, about the yeah, team selection for tonight. Um, I think the best player in of the past four or five games has been Ryan Fraser. And I cannot believe that he hasn't been chosen tonight to play. Uh, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that because I think he's a cracking, player. He gives us a lot of energy. He gives us a lot of heart. And we're going with guys like Mark Phillips who are my opinion, just doesn't do enough for the team. Um, and the other point I was wanting to make was McTominay as well. Um, who I know we're all talking about him playing for Man United but I've never seen him play one good game for Scotland yet and we've we'll got, um, what do you call him, Armstrong on the bench who again was a lot of energy, a lot of heart he always plays well for uh, Scotland and he's been left on the bench again
3: In terms of in terms of Ryan Fraser, I, I, I agree We actually thought he put a lovely ball in for the first goal the other night for Scotland and uh, he can get you up the pitch and things so but the actual people who are actually replacing him is either Christie or Snodgrass. So um, you know it's nothing to do with Matt Phillips. Matt Phillips is a straight replacement for
1: all of me, Burnley. But what, what about Ryan Fraser's omission
3: though? Would you have had him su- in? Can you see where absolutely Paul's I was surprised. I was surprised because for me, Gordon he has the beaten of fullbacks. He's like a throwback to the old days when he gets defenders backed up. And again, he, inside, he does outside. it against these
1: guys as absolutely. well.
3: The guys that he's going to be up against. Today. Absolutely, I was, I was surprised. I take his point on board. That would suggest it's Stevie Clark has gone for a more cautious approach, Gordon. We had a caller on the other night who says, this is a negative team. But when I seen Forrest and I seen Ryan Fraser, I didn't quite see it that way, all being it didn't quite materialise on the night. But tonight, I think he's gone for a bit more resolute.
1: And herein lies the challenge of picking an international team view because if you took a step back and the caller is suggesting... Play Stuart Armstrong and not Scott McTominay. That's you, you you know, you're playing someone who can't get a game for Southampton over a guy who plays for Man United. However, that's not to say the caller's wrong, because Stuart Armstrong has shown what he can do for Scotland. So how do you how yeah. do you balance all these factors I, up? I'm not sure that uh, McTominay
2: does the, the job that Armstrong does and vice versa. So I don't think you'd be replacing Light with Light no. in that instance. Uh, but I agree that Ryan Fraser is a surprise on a on a fairly dismal night on Friday. He was one of the bright sparks, uh, but if Steve Clark has gone for a more cautious approach, then I think that's understandable because the game ended on Friday night with a fairly hostile reception from the crowd. The last thing Stevie Clark needs is a hammering tonight. We know there's a gulf,
1: an obvious gulf between Belgium and Scotland, but Stevie Clark has to keep it tight. David, do you understand that then, the omission of Ryan Fraser, maybe just trying to be a bit more cautious on the part of Stevie Clark?
14: I do get the cautious part of it, yeah, but for me, this, yeah, this guy is, is truly a wonderful player. He's really exciting, um, he gives us a lot of energy, he um, supplies a lot of goals as well. Um, he was weighted at, what, £16-17 just at the end of the season there, tipped to go to the Arsenal. And we've got guys that are playing the second tier um in the championship, um, that are getting a game ahead of them. Just can't quite like, get my head around that at all. Um that was not been a main point. Purely
2: and simply for the purpose, David, of making sure we don't get hiding.
14: Well, well hopefully that is it doesn't case. matter who, if we get beat if get beat four nothing, five nothing, or you know, or one nothing. At the end of the day we've got to go for it. What no point uh, in I sitting mean,
2: back and uh, letting Belgium well, you know take we, us apart. Uh, if we, we, go, try for to it, get if we go for it, we will get a hiding. Uh, we have to be cautious. And, you know, for you to say, does it matter if it's four or five, nothing? Yes, it does, because
1: Steve Clark will get pelters in the morning if it's four or five, okay, nothing. OK, we're going to have to leave that one there. Thank you very much to David, as we did on Friday, because it's a slightly shorter show uh, from us. We'll get your full-time teaser up and running nice and early. So, tonight's question sent in by Kenneth McGrouter. Thank you to Kenneth for sending the question in. He says, on the 14th of October 1987, Scotland beat Belgium 2-0 at Hamden. It was the last time we beat Belgium. You know where this is going, don't you? What was the tape? Can you name Scotland's starting 11 for that game? The last time we beat Belgium, 2-0 at Hamden, 1987. Can you name Scotland's starting 11? Uh, No Frank McIvenny No Morris Johnson Yes Ali McCroist Yes You've got the front two Uh, Ali McLeish Willie Miller Uh, McLeish yes Miller no Goff No Uh, Tosh McKinley No Okay, we'll leave that one there. That's tonight's question. You can play along with us on Twitter, at SSB. October 87, the last time Scotland beat Belgium, it was 2-0 at Hamden. Can you name the starting 11 for Scotland from that game? We already have McLeish, McCoyst and Johnson. Now, don't forget a bit later on tonight, once the game kicks off, we're going to leave you in the company of the second part of our exclusive interview with the Scottish FA's performance director, Malky Mackay, the man charged we uh, with helping turn all this around. So that's coming up a bit later on when this game kicks off and we'll try and get more answers to the teaser next
0: Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's road accident solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompsons.com.
1: Alex Ray and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we build up to Scotland against Belgium at Hamden and we're taking a bit of a trip down memory lane on the full-time teaser Kenneth sent it in tonight fulltime at Clyde1.com that's the address if you've got a question we'd love to have it fulltime at Clyde1.com so tonight's question is this can you name the Scotland starting 11 the last time we beat Belgium which was in 1987 you made a steady start before yes. the break you've got Maurice Johnson Ali McCoist and Alex McLeish what else have you got for me Jim Layton yes he was between the sticks that night Jim Layton that of a grade no Roy Aitken yes Paul McStay yes Stuart McKimmy no um David Neary no Pat Nevin no did you just say that because you saw him downstairs yes. there on? no sorry it's not, um, you're so see through Alex <laughs> Uh, no, none of them. All right, that's a good start, though. Morris Johnson, Ali McCoyst, Alex McQuist, Jim Layton, Roy Aitken and Paul McStay. Uh, let's hear from the Scotland captain, shall we? Because he's the man who's had to front up in the aftermath of Friday's disappointment. He's the one that carries the expectations. He's the best player in the team. He has the challenge of, of living up to that. Let's see what Andy Robertson had to say.
5: It's about doing the things that we've worked on, first and foremost. But and then it's about, you know... I think I think we did show we cared because we were desperate. I think we were probably too desperate for the result. Really on Friday, I think that's why we started, you know, maybe panicking in our decisions and 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 things like that. But, um, you know, we now we now need to show, you know, bravery in terms of composure. Um, you know, keeping our shape behind the ball because it's no secret that Belgium will probably have most possession, and we need to be patient. But then when we get the ball, we need to be composed and we need to pick the right passes that we can cause them problems as well. So. Um, you know, I think especially we can look at the first half against Belgium in the summer. I think apart from the goal um, at the back end of the the half, I thought we were very good, um, and we can take heart from that. But um, defensively, they were spot on. Um, but maybe on the ball, we could have been slightly better. So hopefully, we can show it.
1: I know it might seem tenuous, Alex Ray. People will scoff and say we lost three nil in Belgium. How can you take anything from it? But you can always learn. You can always learn from things that you have done. And result aside, there were periods within the game which will have pleased Stevie Clark. And that, listen, that's all we've got to yeah. go on. We don't have recent victories against the likes of Belgium, so he, w- he will take some small level of encouragement yes. from parts of that game in Belgium, won't he? Mostly from the earlier part,
3: Gordon, where it was uh, it was only one 0 They managed to kind of keep it condensed and then try to work their way into the game as uh, the second half wore on. Uh, you're always susceptible when you're trying to chase the game, to try and get back in, to leave yourself open, and that's ultimately what happened because Belgium just need that moment because they have key players in key areas that hurt you. But the longer this goes on for Scotland, the better it will be. The key thing tonight, obviously, will be that they don't concede an early goal because you know then that will just gonna get everybody to, uh, the happy will kick in. It'll become more and more difficult for the players to kind of take the ball exactly what we were talking about earlier on and in and tight areas
1: and trying try and get a passage of play Uh, the level of expectation on Andy Robertson's shoulder shoe is an interesting one because he's been so successful at Liverpool but he turns up at Liverpool having just signed from Hull for £8 million it's pocket change, no level of expectation, he's able to to sort of feel his way in, everyone knows his fairy tale story but going back to what we said earlier on, he turns up here he's a a left back, with with no disrespect to all the left backs out there, it's not the easiest position to take a game by the scruff of the neck from And he's the captain, so you cannot escape the level of expectation that's placed on him here in the Scotland jersey. Sure, he's the poster boy. Uh, after all,
2: how many players who will play for Scotland in this era will also be able to say, I won a Champions League final. So he's the poster boy, and that's unfair, because we're always told that there's no such thing as a one-man team. Therefore, what happens tonight is not just about Andy Robertson, it's about all of the others... And Andy Roberts. I've just looked at one frightening stat. Oh, no. In the last three years, Romelu Lukaku has scored more goals at international level than Cristiano Ronaldo and
3: Harry Kane. Give me a break, Alec. <laughs> I said before the game got, I felt as if he came come in. He is frightening. We, we spoke about the Russian boy the other night. This guy's at a different level to that. He will be the focal point for this team. And he always finds his cell in between the sticks. And, and
1: he's goal-scoring record over the last... Few years has been phenomenal. Right, Peter is just along the road in Shawlands. How are you tonight, Peter?
15: Hello, Gordon. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No well,
1: problem, well, Peter. How do you see this one going?
15: Well, <clears throat> uh, like I said to you, the guy on the phone, you know, I'm a I'm a very, uh, uh you know, I, I just get fed up with you guys. i mean, going respect you, uh, you and Alec, uh, but I just this—it's always this defeatist attitude we take into this game. I know, I know a lot. Listen, Belgium. As far as I'm concerned, Belgium are never world number one team. I'll tell you To me, they're no. And the two boys at, at the back for Belgium and they got it, the the Spurs boys. Uh, The boys right about Ryan Fraser, the boy was on Tom, I thought that boy should still be in the team because at least the boy can put Boz But the centre-forward, this boy Phillips, come on, you know, you you may as well. He should have gave the wee Johnny Russell. I know he's playing in the, the American League. But the boys are a goal scorer or not. And I'm glad Kenny McLean's got a shout there right, right enough, you know. But uh, we've got we are with a, an attitude like Scotland teams before. I mean, many teams can say, countries can say, they did me. Uh, we've beat world champions. We beat England. We beat Brazil. And uh, at Hamden. you know, when they were the of world champions, I know, I know that was a great team, Scottish team then. But we've got to with the attitude to take the ball. And you've got to win your individual battles. I still maintain you've got to do your individual battles. Now, Andy Robertson, a great left back, playing in a great team. Okay, the boy's captain. But he's, he's never had a great game for for Scotland, I think mean, he well, scored the goal right enough the last time I think Peter, this but, is not
2: uh, a defeatist attitude Peter uh, yeah, I mean you bring up examples like we beat England when they were world champions yes we did, and we didn't qualify for a world cup for another 7 years so, and if we had qualified for a world cup for 9 years before then, when we beat England so that's got absolutely nothing to do with anything, no relevance whatsoever it's not a defeatist attitude it is a realistic opinion that Scotland start tonight as second favourites Andy Robertson the captain has just said in the clip that we played Belgium will have most
1: of the possession all night, no, that's because Belgium are better than us I mean Alex don't get me wrong you've, you've got to try where possible Peter is right, you cannot turn up and give yourself no chance but from us looking at it from the outside, there was a reason that the games like France here, when, when yes. we beat them, the Gary Caldwell goal. Yes, we have caused shocks over the years, and maybe, just maybe, we can do it again this evening. Uh, but there, there are umpteen reasons why people don't think it's likely and you can't really yeah.
3: argue with them Well listen, listen to Peter's argument there saying that these are not the number one, the reason why they're number one is the amount of games that they're actually winning in at a high level as well and, and the personnel, now we're all here to give an opinion, we look at what we've actually seen over the course of the last decade or two and it's been on the de- decline all the while and uh, for me if Scotland pulled off one of these shocks that Peter's talking about it would be a shock it would be a massive shock because of the levels and when you look at the personnel that Belgium's got at our disposal
1: we would only been realistic about what we think this is going to pan out tonight Peter, I hope you're right and I know you're just along the road in Sholland so hopefully everyone's making so much noise in here uh, that you can't get to sleep later on because it's all gone so well but we'll leave it there for now thank you Peter let's revisit tonight's teaser we're looking for the starting 11 for Scotland the last time we beat Belgium, it was 1987, you're doing okay you've got Morris Johnson, Ali McCoy, Stalex McLeish, Jim Layton, Roy Aitken and Paul McStay Gordon Stratford? No Gordon McQueen? No Gordon McQueen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about you've got a couple of defenders missing, one's got quite a few caps you would have to say Malpass? Yes, well, well Pulse. Good Pulse. shout, Pulse. To you.
3: So, we're looking for another centre-half, aren't we? Uh,
1: what else have we got here? What about... Uh, you've got Paul McStay, so he would be Celtic midfield. What, about, what about the Rangers midfield at the time? Uh, I think 7 would have been... Wasn't Ian Ferguson, was it? No, you've got the first name right. Mm. <laughs> He wrapped. Wrapped. He's Durant. Yes. He Durant. Well done. Well done. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, three five, six, seven, eight. Three to get these are Tough. I must admit. Nah, so we're looking for that. the right right midfielder, aren't we? Left midfielder. These are really tough. All right. I'll tell you what. We'll take a breather and we'll see if we can get the answers to the teaser as well as kick off coming next. Slide 1, Super Scoreboard
0: with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the league leader for compensation Talk to Thompsons.com.
1: The teams are in the tunnel at Hamden, Scotland and Belgium, Kevin De Bruyne and Andy Robertson leading them out onto the tough, can Stevie Clark's men do the unthinkable here at Hamden this evening and get one over on the world's number one ranked side, before we get to that Alex Wayne, Hugh Stevens <laughs> You have got some work to do on the full-time teaser. Starting 11, the last time Scotland beat Belgium, 1987. You've got three to get. Gary Gillespie. Yes, Hugh Kevins, Gary Gillespie. Well done to you. Did you say it, Alan McAnally? Uh, you didn't, but you shouldn't, because he wrong.
3: <laughs> We're struggling now. Positions.
1: Okay. Uh, I think he was a midfielder. This is. I think this is the hardest one on the list. The clubs he played for... Predominantly Leicester City. Never played for a Scottish team. Oh, played right. for Leicester. Had a couple of spells as the Peter Head manager, but we're going back a bit as Ian well. Ian Wilson. Yes, Hugh What's Keavans. his name? Ian Wilson. What's Ian produced, Wilson. That is an outstanding old shout. Oh my god. Absolutely outstanding Hugh Games. I love that. Ian Wilson, which means you've got one more to get. Position? Position? Forget about his position. What if I told you that he was here tonight? He's at Hamden tonight. Stevie Clark. Stevie Clark. (laughs) Not not only is he here, he has quite a big job on his hands. The Belgium National Anthem just about to come to uh, its conclusion. And then, of course, we will hear Flower of Scotland before we get underway. The Scotland players are out on the surface at the moment, which, again, we've said it before, but it's worth reiterating, it looks absolutely magnificent. Unfortunately for us, that may well play into Belgium's hands more than ours Alex right?
3: yes absolutely I think it'll be a difficult night Gordon I think it could possibly be a 3 or 4
1: in Belgium's favour All right, small band or quite a large band I should say of travelling fans to or left from Belgium making their presence known let's enjoy to Scotland before we get this one underway Now it's Showtime, Scotland against Belgium. David Marshall and goal for Scotland. A back four of Stephen O'Donnell, Charlie Mulgrew, Liam Cooper, and captain Andy Robertson. Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay, and Callum McGregor the midfield three. Then it's Robert Snodgrass and Ryan Christie providing support for Matt Phillips on the bench. McLaughlin, McGilvery, Forrest, McGinn, McBurney, Fraser, Bates, Devlin, Armstrong, Russell, and Taylor. Pavel Gill is the Polish referee this evening. Hugh Keavans and Alex Ray Alex you first your final thoughts ahead of tonight's game
3: yeah I think it'll be extremely difficult for Scotland they cannot afford to sit back Gordon and they have to be brave in possession if they're going to get anything from this game but I, I do fancy the Belgium strong
1: great uh, Hugh Keavans if you could just tip Belgium as well given your your track record of <laughs> yes, predictions yes. that would be great well as I say
2: I crossed a river the one that runs through our city You get from the west end to the south side tonight right. I did not come up the Clyde in a banana boat Therefore, Belgium are the favourites, and for me, Belgium will win the match
1: by a two-goal margin. Uh, There we are, the scene is set, the pre-match build-up is done. Now it's over to Stevie Clark and those 11 players to try and do the unthinkable this evening. The game's about to kick off, that means we will be leaving you, of course, but don't worry, we're leaving you in the company of an exclusive interview with the Scottish FA's performance director... Malky Mackay. So sit back, enjoy him, enjoy the game, and we're back on tomorrow night's show with Roger Hanna and Gordon Biel. We'll be back taking your calls, looking back on this one from Six o'clock.
10: Clyde one Super Scoreboard. Given how much you oversee at the Scottish FA, what is success to you? How will you define success?
13: Um, that earth that we have got a a, a regular stream of young players that move up through the ranks quickly um, from age group to age group that we fast track as many as we can and we get as many of our 21 year olds to then go into to be to be in a position to be picked for the national team because they're of that standard um, we're never going to win uh, competitions uh, we don't have the breadth of squads for that um, but Can we go toe-to-toe with nations in one-off games? Yes, we can.
10: The B licence is going on at the moment and there's some current players in that. Look Mm. at Johnny Hayes, for example, scored on Sunday and he's in on Monday morning.
13: Yeah, and this is where where the test is, really. A lot of them say, I'd like to be a coach or manager. But the test is, OK, and the courses are then on. And nowadays, I don't think anybody poo-poos the courses because... You're coming in and everybody that goes on them sees the work that goes into them and sees the learnings from them and sees the people that are standing in front of them uh, who have got bags of experience from all around Europe who come in and teach. So I think everybody sees that. The The real crux is actually, do you give up your own time and turn up? And you, that's when you actually see the ones that, that okay, you, you actually want to go and learn here. Um, after that, you, you you listen to them And you listen to their questions And you, you see, do they want to go and look off on their own and, and go and find best practice But on Monday morning, after Sunday Andy Halliday and Jamie Murphy from Rangers And Johnny Hayes, who'd scored the goal for Celtic On Monday morning at 9 o'clock After that game on Sunday Were up uh, on a cold, wet park in Edinburgh With their B licence um, Along with a, a host of other um, footballers and it certainly gladdened my heart when I see guys that are, that are that are wanting to go and better themselves. There is no shortcut to becoming a coach.
10: Let's take a look at the women's game. They, of course, made history in the summer by going to the World Cup. How would you assess that campaign when they got to France?
13: Um, I I was certainly up close and in, in in personal first few days watched the the training out in Nice and it was um, it was terrific. Shelley's. Um, we're very lucky to have her Um, I'm I'm around that camp and I watch her training and her training sessions are excellent her delivery is magnificent Um, and the players know exactly what they're supposed to do Um, so um, for her being our national manager and uh, guiding us through that World Cup campaign which was a really tough group let's be clear about that uh, we weren't supposed to beat Switzerland. We we were supposed to maybe get to the playoff. Uh and so, you know, coming off the back of the Euros to then pull the group that we did was a blow. But um through the campaigns, you know, they they, they did so well. Um obviously got to the World Cup. Um and for anything to, to, to come out of that group would have been terrific. Obviously, everybody knows what happened in the last game. Uh, Japan and England were always going to be tough tests. Um, And for a group to go to their first World Cup, then it's experience. And they have got that experience behind their belt now, and they now kick into the Euros.
10: Shelley's been honest. She's spoken about the debrief after the World Cup. Players reduced to tears. They had a few drinks before it. Did you have to speak to her about that? Um,
13: There's there's an awful lot being, being talked about and said and Some's true and some's not true uh, of what's been what's been floated um we're in regular communication and have been every day for the last three months uh, we work in the office next door to each other at orium um so uh, I've been in constant communication with her we talk uh, a lot a lot about what actually um goes on day to day what what happens with the team um uh, choices of you know, selections of training, of planning. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I talk regularly to her. Um, you know, there was a situation um, and she's come out, she's dealt with it head on. Um, and as I said, um, there's plenty been reported and there's some of that has been true and some of that that's not been true. So, um, we've got a very, very good and talented national team manager who I've got an awful lot of respect for. Um, and um, she's guided herself um with dignity through the last couple of uh, months um and as i say um i'm supporting her massively on that she's she's very good and friday night you know last friday night uh, i think that that showed in terms of how um classy she was with the whole thing um great result and you know it's a good start for the for the european campaign she wants to take this team to the euros now to show that Um, we are building on the back of the Euros and the World Cup uh, and the women's game continues to grow Um, there was uh, there was an awful lot of investment put into the six months uh, leading up to the the World Cup and there was uh, you know the group were given um, a a lot of uh, backing in terms of the ability to go to the Algarve Cup um and uh, you know plenty of logistics around about the team so we need to kick on from here um players need to stand up and be counted um and there are some young ones coming through you know there's there's just like after the euros when two or three retired mm-hmm. and Shelley really revamped the team and and brought a, a, a lot of young talent through for the the World Cup campaign, um, just like now, there will be players that will eventually, um, you know, end retire, and other players that, you know, you saw the other night three or four new faces into the squad. That needs to keep happening um, for us to to keep being successful. All in all, it's it's been overall the last couple of years. It's been good times to be to be involved in women's football in this country, and we will keep that going.
10: Yeah, the interest really increased going into the world cup you'll get that record crowd at Hampden for the jamaica game and such like how do you keep the interest from the fans in the women's game as well
13: well i think as i said nothing keeps uh, nothing keeps interest more than winning um and you know i think off the back of the success of actually the the, the jamaica game was was phenomenal but the switzerland game done it um it paisley um, at Saint man's Ground, where we actually we went and beat St- Switzerland and actually blew the whole thing wide open. Uh, I think the momentum came from there, um, and the excitement around going to a World Cup, um, and and off the back of World Cups and, and Euros um, and uh, I suppose events, there's always a kind of after the the, the Lord Mayor show that you know things die down again. I think that's every event and. and in sport in the world, but um, the structure within the country um, means that that we'll we'll not let that happen to an extent. We'll make sure that we are, we keep a structure in place, um, and our, certainly our our youth coaches um, and Shelley leading that, uh, you know, and is certainly going to make sure that we have got the game out there for girls to play. That's the most important thing. Can we get can we get the game out to the public to play? Um, when the national team play, if we win, people will come.
10: I suppose, as performance director, the absolute dream situation for you is that Steve Clark and Shelley Kerr are taking teams to the Euros.
13: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as I say, my um, area is 21s and down. I've got the the seven teams that are the 21s, 19s, 17s, 16s boys, and the 17s girls, 19s girls, and full national A squad. Um, And and Steve's obviously looking after the squad but me personally for for Steve to um guide the team uh to the euros especially as they've been played in in glasgow but for for Steve to to guide that team brings um so much more for the country prestige obviously kudos and awareness but also it brings finances back to the country again and it brings much needed finances back to, um, as I say, the association, which then puts the money back out to the clubs and and puts the money back into this game and grassroots and everything else that comes with it. Shelley off the back of as I said, um, Anna going to the Euros and um, Shelley going to the World Cup, uh, again, terrific for us. If if you know we we continue this um, rousing start that she's had against Cyprus, and we we manage to get both teams to the Euros, that would be that would be a dream I think and I think everyone in the country wants to get behind that 0141
0: 951 1025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard